This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast, and we have a simple premise around these parts. We're just trying to collect the craziest, most unbelievable life experience you've ever had. Everyone has a story, and if you have one you'd like to share, drop what you're doing right this second and email me at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail.com. Now, one person I might have to look into getting on this year podcast is Olga Ritchie of Henrico, Virginia. See, Olga was suffering from a headache recently, so she went to Tony's Market in town to buy medicine. At the last second, she decided to buy a mega money scratch-off ticket while checking out, and she discovered at home later that she won the $500,000 top prize. That'll buy a lot of headache medicine. Last week, I talked to Daniel, who found himself racing across Bangkok, Thailand with a cab driver who didn't speak English, trying to get to the other airport across town after their other cab driver dropped them off at the wrong airport. It's an epic tale, and you should definitely go back and check it out. While you're doing that, please rate and review the show on Apple, Google, or wherever you procure your podcasts. This week, we're actually going to visit Bangkok again and see if we can top last week's story. My guest today is Lauren Lejudice. She is a comedian and the author of the uh, the brand new book, Inside Melania, What I Learned About Melania Trump by Impersonating Her. And Lauren, how do you realize that you can impersonate uh, Melania Trump? Oh, it was a, it was a journey that I, I tried to resist it as, at all costs, but because uh, I did not want Melania Trump in my head and so that family in my head. Well, I was kind of called to it. I came off the stage after a comedy show at the casino, and the the booker pulled me aside and said, "You had a joke about Melania, and I think you could just do Melania." And and then I thought, "Oh no." But let me do a video. So I did a video. I do a lot of comedy videos. So I um I did a video at being Melania, and that went over really really well. And then I went to Pride as Melania, and that went even better. <laughs> and then someone invited me to do a stand up show as Melania, and that killed. And then I knew I was onto something. So very reluctantly, over the months, over those few months, I decided to give into it. For at least, you know, while uh, while President Trump is in office, I don't know that there's going to be much market for for Melania afterwards. I'm praying that there won't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, you have to think like like Hillary Clinton, for example, stuck around in the news as a as a former first lady for obvious reasons. I don't think you're going to have that with uh, with Melania. So I, I think you're in good shape there. Yeah, what's what's interesting? We might do like a hopefully we could do like a Melania farewell tour, like because around that time people will be opening up. Hopefully, when Donald is done, because she's just Donald isn't going anywhere. Fortunately, he'll still be tweeting and causing a ruckus. But Melania, see, no one knows anything about her, and no one really cares that much. So it's fun to just like put words in her mouth. Mm-hmm. So. It's that we make her like I have to make her relevant because she really isn't relevant, even though she's the first lady because she's so um, um, she's so abhorrent to some people and then just like kind of blank slate. So we might be able to squeeze one more thing and then I'm done and then I'm out. I am dropping the mic and we are we are finito. Whether you like it or not, it's it's looking increasingly like we know how the election is going to turn out. 
And I was just thinking, uh, you put this idea in my head that uh, what we should do is we should organize some massive social media unfollow Donald Trump campaign. Because because when he's not president, why do we need to care what he's tweeting about? Um, so so like it, it would be it would be really nice if like at the the moment you know inauguration day happens, he loses like like millions of followers just all at once. It would be amazing, and you know it would also something that cause Melania right now I, we have her in the touring show we have um, to help promote the book and just it's fun in general. The Melania Trump Road Show, get out the boat, get me out of the White House garbage. Um, I like one. Um, Melania wants to get out of the White House because she just wants her old life back. So she could, she could perceivably lead this campaign because she just wants him off the goddamn phone. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I, we we might be onto something here. She wants her to. He, she wants him to talk to his son maybe once a week. That would be an improvement. <laughs> Last week, I talked to uh, to a friend whose uh, whose story was uh, that they were in Bangkok, Thailand, and uh, they were they, they were basically they're they're trying to fly to another city in Thailand, but their mm-hmm. first cab driver who dropped them off at the airport didn't speak English and dropped them off at the wrong airport in in Bangkok, mm. and they had forty five minutes to get to the other end of town where the other Bangkok Thailand airport is. And, and Bangkok is a, is a, a city of, you know, 8 million people. So it's, it's like twice the yeah. size of Chicago here. And yeah. um, uh, their second cab driver who was supposed to get them there also didn't speak English. So oh, they, they had, they had quite an adventure at getting from one end of uh, uh, one end of Bangkok to another, uh, which sounds like it should be a song from the eighties, but, but it isn't. <laughs> Uh, and I, I suspect that you're actually going to be able to top that story. I think I, you know, I, I, I'm not a super, oh, I'm competitive with myself, but other people, I say we are building another, another mountain on the Bangkok. It'll be a different one. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely involving a lot of the, um, the insanity of Bangkok and also my stupidity. So there's a, that that seems like it would make for, for quite a combination. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it does um yeah and it happened around the time i was like when i went to to thailand i was in this mode of doing very serious solo shows which it doesn't make sense from like what i do now but see my impetus is always to be like weird and wacky and i had these acting teachers who were like no but you must be dramatic be <laughs> all this and I mean, like, whereas like, mon- like some of it, okay, fine, maybe helpful, but my impetus would be super funny and wacky. And so I was in this like kind of like place where I wasn't really sure. I was feeling a little bit confused about what I was doing with with my performance. And um, so I was, I went to Thailand at the time. I was like super, super broke. I mean, like eating samples at Whole Foods broke for lunch. Mm-hmm. That's, that was my lunch. So, and the only reason I got to go was because I was dating travel writer and she got a lawsuit for free. So we basically went up and, and then funny enough, we, we booked this thing. It was, we had to do months in advance because she had to book everything in advance um, for her article. And we broke up in the interim. <laughs> so, we <was> like, <laughs> so I was thinking like, okay, 
I'm broke. I'm I'm about to be on the market again. And like, I gotta, you know, get myself together a little bit, maybe some salon services. And I don't know, man, I don't know if you know this, like how expensive salon, how much upkeep is for the ladies. Are you aware? Uh, well, I just got married. So yeah, I've become aware of of how much more it costs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The debits. Yeah. So, I mean, so they cheap. And like, I was just so broken. I'm thinking, well, Thailand with the exchange rate, like I can maybe, you know, there's all the, like this known for, for good spa services. So I'll get it done in Thailand. Right. And like this blind obsession with getting cheap salon services blocked out any sort of decision-making and wisdom on my part. Like any of, I was ignoring obvious things going on in front of me in my pursuit of cheap salon services. Listen, if anybody has ordered something on wish.com, I mean, they, they, they understand where you're coming from. You know, sometimes yes. you see a good deal and you're, you're just not questioning it. You just, you just go for it. Yes, absolutely. So I had like a whole day planned of this. I was like, gonna, um, cause I was in pretty bad shape. You know, I was walking around Thailand for weeks, you know, I was in, I was in bad shape all around. So I was getting a pedicure at this one salon and usually not sure if you know this, but when you get, um, pedicures often, whatever language the people speak, I mean, this could be manicure, pedicure, they're all, all the people are, are usually, are doing your nails and they are talking mad shit about you. Yeah. I think, I think there was a, there was a whole Seinfeld episode about that. Wasn't there? Yeah, I think so. I think so many people have joked about it. And then they like, then they, and then when they talk to you, they just make me feel guilty. You feel guilty about how terrible you have upkeep. Like, oh no, no, you don't have a boyfriend. Ah, I see why you don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> So I, you know, I was in a salon on the way to the salon to get a pedicure. I saw like, you know, there's lots of like, quote unquote, salons. Mm-hmm. So there's salons and then there's quote unquote salons. And then there were like groups of women outside, like calling to passerbys to come in. And they all had shirts like with a color that would be relating to like, I guess they're whatever team, I guess they're teams. Where each salon had a color and it was like kind of like, you know, the pink team, the yellow team, the blue team. And I saw that on the way there and I was, so I was getting in the, I was in a, a, an actual salon and so I'm getting this pedicure and not only were the staff, was the staff talking shit about me, but also all of the, the patrons were joining in. So it was like a grand. So, so, so you were probably in a situation where, uh, you know, that, that would normally be the case at a salon anyway, but, uh, you know, maybe you were surrounded by regulars. So they were joining in. Yeah, totally joining in. And then, you know, um, and they were all ladies of the night who were coming in to get touched up before they went to work. Um, and they, so they loved making fun of me. Um, and they kind of knew, so why, why that's important is because they knew like what was what in that area. They were like very keen to what's up and that will become relative later. Um, so, um, I asked her, I was like, all right, so where can I get waxing done? And one of them had this like, like rye grin on and she's like, go down like three doors down and get waxing. Again, I should have just her expression. It looked like a wise ass remark. And I should have, should have known, should have known. (laughs) So I go three doors down, which is also the home of the pink team. Mm -hmm. And I go in and I said, do you have waxing? And this woman comes through a beaded curtain and she's like, we do waxing. She's like, follow me. But, and as she says to follow her, she's like, 
screaming, like kind of like making motions for people to run around and find the waxer. And I'm thinking like skill, blind pursuit of cheap spa services. I'm like, I guess they just don't do waxes a lot. Like there was like a row of, there was an actual row of pedicure like chairs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it looked kind of like a salon. It looked exactly like a salon. It looked legit. Look legit. Then they lead me to the back. And then we go up the stairs. And off to the side, every landing, there was a hallway. And in the hallway, there were different doors. And the doors were open. And there was just basically like a massage table Mm -hmm. and like a red light. (laughs) That's a great sign. That's a great sign. It's just not for ultraviolet light radiation therapy. It was like dawned on me at this point. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, would it dawned on me at this point, which it should have dawned on me when that person suggested it to, to begin with. Like, and when I walked into the pink team and when the madam Ed was like running around to find the waxing kit, like all of yeah. those things. But then finally it dawned on me then. It, it seems like, like there were a lot of warning signs along the way. Yes, there were a lot of warning signs. And at this point, I'm like, well, it's cheap. So you know what? I'll get waxing. <laughs> well, it, it's cheap, and, and uh, you know, you would feel awkward if you suddenly, uh, suddenly changed your mind. You know, they would be talking about you after you left. I mean, yeah, I, I can yeah. see how you'd be committed at that point. Yeah, at this point, let's just do it, man. I, yeah, I know you're gonna. I know they're gonna. What they're gonna say? I'm just gonna do it. Let's, let's just do this. Well, I want to see what they got. So, I get in the room and they're like, "All right, take your take your pants off." So I'm sit, laying there. This is that standard. That is standard like procedure, okay? And like, so you you're sitting there like pantsless, and it's always that moment, that weird moment. And they, I look and see that they just had just found and plugged in the wax thing. So they wait, came in. They left me there for a few minutes while this max wax melted but you're supposed to have like wax melted all day like that it was never it never really melted that far because they ran ran out of patience they came in and with it barely barely melted they started applying the wax now (laughs) there was not one person doing it there were two and they were they started waxing my legs and they were using they would like put powder on it and then they would like so for for those who don't know Standard waxing procedure is like a great waxer comes in and is like they put the wax on and then they they they, they wait till it dries and they rip it right off and they're really fast. Mm-hmm. These people, obviously, as we were going along, had never really waxed before, so they were kind of doing an approximation from what they knew. So they were, um, and it was a very like, and I guess they were combining skill sets because they would rub, 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 and then they would put the wax on and then they would rip it off and then they would rub me more. So they do my legs and then they get to the part and the procedure is still the same. So I am getting, I'm think I'm like, oh, I am sitting here in Thailand getting waxed and my parts rubbed by two hookers. That's exactly <laughs> what's happening right now. And they were very familiar. They were not shy at all. They were like getting into the parts. The, the whole time you're just, you're just questioning all of your life decisions. Oh yeah, I'm like, what? What is going on? I'm like, oh my, it's, you know, this is this is insane. Like, this is going too far. And not only like, so okay, it was cheap, and okay, they were doing okay. Fine, they got a little familiar, and that's kind of like it was. It didn't feel anything. It didn't feel like they were overstepping, or it didn't feel like um, they were basically like assaulting me or anything. Like, it didn't feel anything like that. It was just basically like, you know, they were trying to do their job in the best way they could. Um, 
And the, they didn't really know. So they often would like the wax wasn't exactly melted. Mm-hmm. And so that is very, very painful. And so then they would have to often do like, it doesn't really come off all the way. And so they would often have to wax the same area like twice or three times, which is very, very painful. So they were sitting there going, going. And, and then, of up. course, you're the difficult customer at that point. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh, like, give me a break. And, they, you know, and then they do, they do the full thing. And then they're sitting there and they're like, okay, now legs up. And now I'm like, oh, shit. And as they're doing that, they're like, I hear noises downstairs. And I'm like, holy shit, is that, is that the cop? Like, is that, I hear a no, noises come down. Like, is, are we being raided right now? Because these places get raided a lot. Mm-hmm. And it really <clears throat> came to me that they maybe thought I was the cop. And that's why they were doing this to begin with. Because if I could be an undercover saying, like, I need wax. And if you say you don't do wax, then you're not a salon. Oh, okay. So they were trying yeah. to cover themselves. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they finished. I felt um, I was basically numb from the waist down. <laughs> and we, I pay and leave. And no one, you know, the cops didn't raid. Um, and I didn't feel like this got me ready for the dating pool. And so I just <laughs> Yeah, anyone ever touched me for a long time. And, uh, but I felt, well, my ability to get into like these crazy situations and be able to laugh about it means I should probably, it was the first, one of the first things I should just quit the dramatic shit and get going to comedy. Well, so, see, so you really were kind of questioning your life decisions and it, it helped you find a better path. It did. At the end of it, I was like, this is, this is way better. And to, to, to say like, you know, not all people, all salons in Thailand are like this. In fact, actually, a few doors down from them was this, like, the best massage place I've ever been to. It was, like, all people who are really serious about body work. But um, the, all the signs there were very positive. They were professional, and they had customers. Other than- <laughs> No red lights? No red lights. They, they had all their rooms for, like, actual use for salon services. Excellent. Well, yeah. you know, at least you you found the good place eventually. I found a good place eventually, and it, and it, and it worked out. In that um, I got some good services and didn't get also arrested either. So a, important life lessons from that. Uh, don't do uh, dramatic stuff if you uh, if you really want to do comedy, and uh, definitely like do your research ahead of time. If you're if you're traveling overseas, do research ahead of time. Uh, before you find a salon. Yes, and, and also don't take advice from someone who's like sitting there talking should have been laughing at you. That's probably not the person who has your best interest in heart. <laughs> and that's true anywhere, whether it's, it's yes. Thailand or, or New York or anywhere. Yeah, really. yes, exactly. You want to take advice from people who support you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that is a good lesson to take from it. Well, Lauren, uh, you know, I mentioned it at the beginning, your your book is uh, Inside Melania, what I learned about uh, Melania Trump by impersonating her. That's available on EckhartsPress.com, just like yep. uh, just like my book, Righteous Might. So we're we're, we're, we're kind of siblings in that way. We are. We are siblings in that way. I do a Instagram live every Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. If anyone wants to, I do a little reading about it. 
So from from the book every Monday night. So if you want to come, we have a, a fun community chat um, where we talk about crazy things, and then I do a reading at the end. It's like a bedtime story at the end. Great, yeah, yeah, get a little so, taste of the book. Oh, so uh, Lauren, thanks so much for sharing your story. Great, thank you. Okay, we might have a bit of a competition going here. Can anyone top going to a Bangkok whorehouse to get waxed? Email me right now at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail.com if you can. Gabatron.